Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Friday Roundtable Show. Every Friday at 8.30 Pacific Standard Time, we have a great panel of WordPress experts, opinionators, influencers, whatever you want to call them, but they're a great crowd. They put up with me and my madness. And you can watch this live um, on our Facebook page every Friday as well. Um, let's. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves, and then afterwards we're going to go straight into it. Um, Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? Certainly. My name is Sally Getch. I am the WP fangirl. I build uh, custom Genesis websites for nonprofits and small businesses and spend the rest of my time fending off <coughs> ADD Kitty uh, and uh, organizing the East Bay WordPress meetup, which is meeting this Sunday to talk about uh, diagnosing server performance with New Relic. Oh, that sounds interesting, actually. I wish I could attend. Um, but you also, you fended off the flu eventually, didn't you? Uh, yes, I, I, uh, I it was knocked out for a few weeks with the flu, but I am just about back to normal now. Yes. And John, would you like to introduce yourself? My former co-host and friend, John Locke, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure thing. My name is John Locke, and I do SEO for manufacturing firms. So, and my other friend, Morton, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Morton. I'm a senior staff instructor at LinkedIn Learning and lynda.com. And uh, I'm currently enjoying the very brief sunshine we're getting in Vancouver, Canada. It's, it's snowing heavily where I am. And Morton is doing something very secretive. <laughs> and he won't tell us. I he's can't tell te you. He's teasing us, folks. He won't, tell, he won't even tell us. So. I think it's probably called an NDA. Yeah, that's right. And another friend, Chris Bradgett. Would you like to introduce yourself? I'm Chris. I'm from the uh, WordPress product company called Lifter LMS, which makes it possible to create, sell, and protect your online course or memberships. And I have a podcast for course creators called LMS Cast. Yes, folks, a great product, a great team, and a great podcast. Free, free, free. What more can you ask for? So there we go. Um, so let's go straight into it. And I chose these stories. So if they're rubbish, it's all down to me. There we go. I accept. I accept all blame, all fault. So let's start off. Let's start off with this survey, Stack Overflow survey. Respondents still rank WordPress among the most dreadful of platforms. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, just love it. Uh, um, does anybody want to start off with that one? Uncle Sandy, you're... Uh, yes, uh, uh, I try to stay muted when not talking because of the trains that go by. Um, well, apparently we're, we're only half as dreadful as we were last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I suspect that, you know, since what's coming up, um, particularly as a uh, technology that people, the platform that people love is JavaScript that, you know, as we make the switch into Gutenberg and, and WordPress becomes more JavaScript uh, oriented, uh, it may well become more popular with the people who respond to this, uh, who respond to this survey. 
And, you know, I've, I've read a couple of articles about, uh, you know, why developers hate working with WordPress. And it pretty much amounts to, uh, I don't get to play with enough toys. Uh, the, you know, I, it doesn't use all the latest uh, kind of whatever is, is trendy as a, as a language, et cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I don't get to, uh, I don't get to lock my clients into, you know, working with something that I built from scratch. And there are legitimate problems with, with the code in WordPress. And, and also I would think, um, you might have a, 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 you might find it annoying working with WordPress if there are more people, more clients who expect you to do work for cheap or free. Uh, because they think, you know, it's WordPress, it should be free. Um, but uh, I personally am, am not uh, uh, that alarmed that people say these things. Yeah, I, I, I kind of delved into it a little bit, and they've got a hell of a lot of data. My God, it's, um, they've got all sorts of data. There were some kind of puzzles with some of the results, like... Um, Java, you know, what were the most po popular um, web technologies? And I like, I think 45 or 46% of the respondents said Java. Uh, uh, when, I looked at, when I looked at that, I thought to myself, uh, and like PHP was like 30%. And like, I thought, oh, well, then they're all kind of Ruby on Rails fans. And that's got like 6% or something. So... I'm a bit alarm bells started to read a little bit about this survey. There's, what, what about you, Morton? You got? I don't know if you had time to look at it at all. But oh, I, I looked got, at it. I got slightly <laughs> suspicious about these results myself. You, you should be. I mean, seriously, the uh, it's right at the top of the survey. The, when you look at the um, uh, demographic breakdown of the survey, yeah. uh, 92.7% male. 74.2% white or European descent, 93.2% uh, straight or heterosexual, and children or dependents, no, at 71.1%. So this survey is representative of one very specific group of people um, and no one else. Uh, and that group does not represent the people I work with in this community or in any other community. It's a very, it, it says a lot about the people who use Stack Overflow. Um, and I think are, are, Helen, you that are you hinting that there are people that are spending too much time in front of their computer, maybe? No, 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 no. I'm just saying that Stack Overflow has a very specific target audience. And this survey is, is showing the opinions of people who use Stack Overflow. It's not a representation of developers in the world. It's a representation of developers who are on Stack Overflow, which is a system that's based around, um, uh, it's a point-based competition system based around giving responses and getting, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, and it's, you know, gamified to the hilt and full of people who are very attuned to that kind of, um, you know, uh, just interaction. So the fact that Stack Overflow constantly ranks WordPress as a dreaded technology it's not at all surprising considering the people who use it. The funny, I would like to see a more detailed breakdown that shows the people who actually interact with the WordPress section of Stack Overflow and what they think about the application rather than what everyone thinks. Well, yes, um, do, we, do we know these people even actually work with WordPress who, who dread it? Um, yeah, exactly. And, and there are a lot of people 
from the WordPress community who are very active on Stack Overflow. And if you're if you find yourself in one of the Stack Overflow answers and you can see, you know, trusted people from the WordPress community respond, the, the entire conversation in those threads is fundamentally different from the conversations in the threads that don't have WordPress people in them. So you'll often find like you, if you search for something and you find an answer, it might be something along the lines of WordPress is broken, PHP is garbage, what the hell are you doing? And then you'll have another thread that addresses the exact same issue. There's like, there's a function for this. The reason why it's not working is because you built your own function. So just use this thing instead and then it'll work fine, right? Uh, so yeah, the, the, the survey is interesting, but we can't see it as a representation of the wider web development community. Um, it is interesting if you're looking specifically at what people are interacting with on Stack Overflow. And to me, the demographics of it are probably more interesting than the actual outcome. Uh, one other thing I'll mention is if when you look at <clears throat> the web community as a whole or the programming community as a whole and what programming language people are most interested in, it's not you know, PHP or MySQL or anything like that. It's Python. Python is like by far the most, in, the highest ranking programming language on the internet today. And it's because of the Internet of Things and it's because of VR and it's because of all these other things. Um, and so if, if you see a survey that doesn't have Python ranking at the top, you immediately know that you're looking at a subset of all the people that are doing programming. Because if Python is not at the top, then you've somehow eliminated the majority and then you're looking at everyone else. I just, I thought only people interested in Python and those that want to get a job with Google. That's people who wanted to get there, a job. There are a lot of people who want to get jobs at Google. Exactly. <laughs> the evil empire. As, as, as mentioning evil empire, we just say Adam <laughs> from WP Craft to join us. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the audience, Adam? Sure thing. Hey, everybody. My name is Adam from WPCrafter.com. And it's funny that you say that um, in one of my YouTube comments this week. I have my wife. She now helps out with the YouTube comments. She, uh, Someone in there said, oh, you look just like Dr. Evil. Or he said, I didn't know Dr. Evil had a YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, there we go. If you're, you're did, did she respond with a picture of the cat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish on YouTube you could respond like that, you know, with some uh, stuff, stuff like that. But uh, well, I do, I do hope you've taken some promotional photos with the cat. We we, we actually <laughs> sent the cat folks by the post. I hope you've taken some some promotional photos. Please, yes, do that. Please. <laughs> of course, at the very least, right? Yes, let's get back to the subject. I'm wondering, yes. um, but I, I was, you know, the thing that kind of really, I think you put it that so well, Morton. But you know, 45 percent put Java as their favorite language. I thought, self, so, I know there's some Java, you know, the ones I've known. I've never met a developer they've done it because they've been paid gobs of money to do it. But I've never met a developer yet that loved Java. Sorry, I just it's app developers. That's, oh yeah, it, it's it's app developers. There's a lot of money in app development. Uh, yes, <laughs> That's it's, where it's, it is. <clears throat> yes, yes. It's you don't hear people talking so much about uh, actual Java versus JavaScript. Um, but yes, as Morton says, you know, Python only came in at at thirty eight percent, although. Which is, you know, not even that much higher than than PHP, and 
I know that, you know, people from certain programming backgrounds really dislike PHP. My husband was <clears throat> whined about it so much when he was working with me that I thought we're giving up on this. I don't care how good he is. I can't stand the bitching. There we go. I think we're going to leave this one. But I'll, I'll just to finish off, I think uh, as Morton so eloquently put it, you know, um, what the interesting thing is the, the type of people answered this. And it also opens out that you've got to be a little bit careful with surveys. You've got to actually look at the people that actually answered the survey because that will really dominate the results that you're going to get on the survey. You, you always have to check the methodology of the results of any kind of a study. Uh, am, am, I going to go, am I going to say this? Yeah, why, why not? Um, so logical, so logical, but we live in that era of Trump, my dear. Uh, well, uh, yeah, so. but, but that, which makes it especially important to check those things if you want to know anything. Will Actually, people do it? Facts, no. facts don't matter. Uh, yes, it, will people matter, do it? Of, of, of course not. But, you know, even back um, <clears throat> in the uh, 80s, uh, when I was in college, you know, I, I took a statistics class because I thought I was going to be a psychologist. And, you know, one of the textbooks assigned for us was called How to Lie with Statistics. Uh, There's lies, lies and damn statistics. Who said that? I can't remember. There, let's go on to the other story. The panel is looking slightly bored. Uh, I can tell they're restless. They want to get on with it, Jonathan. All right. It's time to address the elephant in the room. Influence don't really influence anything or anything or anyone. And this was on Medium. And it's, um, I read it. Um, anybody want to jump in and start the conversation? Oh, John, go on off you go. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we live in an age where um, there's people that think that, you know, they're trying to be like YouTube stars or Instagram stars. I just read like an article the other day. It was uh, how my Insta life made me Insta broke. You know, and, and <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I, I looked at that. Yeah. I get I that. I can't remember if this line was in Fight Club or something else, but it's like we're buying stuff that we don't need to impress people we don't like. Maybe it was George Carlin. I don't know. Somebody, somebody smart. It doesn't, said that, it doesn't happen to me, John, because I'm English. I don't, like Fight Club. I don't like most people. Yeah. So there we go. All uh, right. Oh, he's yeah, off. I mean, if I'm saying Adam, he's, he's dismantling his studio already. already yeah, I mean, oh, no. I, mean yeah. I, I get it. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I just think that people should be building businesses and not fan clubs. And, and that goes for not just for like social media, that goes for like anything. Um, it, the fame is not important. Uh, fame is overrated. Uh, notoriety is overrated. There are a lot of people that you've never heard of that are making a lot of money um, just grinding it out every day. And I think that's what we should aspire to be like. So well put, so well put. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I looked at this and thought, this is news? Uh, <laughs> you know, that, but the thing is, you know, that I've also read the article about, you know, being insta-broke. That seems to be something where, you know, a lot of young people are kind of, you know, trying to pursue fame and, and this and that. But I think the article is talking a little bit more about, you know, from the perspective of marketing, collecting a large number of followers is, is not your goal, right? Your, your, your goal is getting people to buy your stuff. Uh, and so you need to actually look at, at what works and, and look at um, 
you know, at, at meaningful measurements of, of that, I uh, have a new client and they, uh, they've been doing some advertising and, and one of the people they advertised with sent a, you know, thing that said in this, you know, in the past week, you you know, your ad had this many impressions and, you know, that many click throughs. And, and I'm like, all right, so there's two things you need to never pay any attention to. In, in, you know, managing this. Impressions is one of them. It is a meaningless term. Uh, and uh, so, you know, your, your actual click-throughs and, and donations are, are what's going to matter here. And Adam looks like he desperately needs to talk. No, just, oh, do I? No, just before. <laughs> I actually do have opinions on this uh, uh, oh, subject. Oh. But, uh, sorry, go, go on, John. Uh, I just want to say... Um, Obviously, we got we got some influences on this panel. Um, I exclude myself from that. Uh, um, but this be I'm not going to name names. But there's people in the WordPress community that are seen as influencers, and there's some of them that want very large amounts of money to peddle almost anything. Um, and the only way they will promote anything is if they're given very large well, relative large amounts of money to do it. I'm, I'm, I don't think I've got to that stage, but I'm not an influencer anyway. But I don't know what some of the bigger influencers on this panel's position is. Obviously, you've got to make a living, and you, 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 you or you're running a business, and it, you know, you, your objective is to make money. But there must be some. To me, there's some boundary where you you just become, you lose credibility if the only thing you're, the only thing that will guide you to peddle something is the amount of money you're given. <laughs> what do you think, Adam? Yeah, well, you know, I've actually never considered myself an influencer. You know, I've what? actually don't what? What? like that phrase, uh, but I I have recently. Because of the growth of my YouTube channel, it's about to hit 50,000 subscribers in the next uh, two or three weeks. I'm going to have a big bonanza when that happens, uh, which um, compared to other YouTubers is like a drop in the bucket. But compared to the fact that this is a tight niche, a WordPress niche, that's actually gigantic. And I never really considered myself an influencer until I've heard that name used more and more and more. And then I've started to see if I say something about a product and people start taking action. Uh, I had a problem with a WordPress plugin developer in the repo last week. And I, I don't think any of you guys know about this. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to give specifics. Oh, tell, tell, us, tell us all, please. Please Actually, I would like to talk about the story. I would like to talk about this story. Okay. Um, and it's good. We got to, we got an opinionated group here. So I, I am going to dish it out. Okay. And I'll tell everything that happened. And uh, this might be fun. Some of you might know. Does it, uh, Raise your hand if you know about this. Anybody might know about this. Okay. No one knows about this. Okay. So I made a video a year ago. How to migrate your website to you know from your local staging or from one website host to another web host, and I used a plugin called All in One Migration, which is in the repo. It's got a lot of active installs. There is in the code of the free plugin, uh, they don't tell you about it, but there's a limitation of uh, 500 megabytes. Your site can't be more than 500 megabytes. 
So on the video, I'm like, you know, if your site's more than 500 megabytes, just go here to this line of code in the WordPress editor and change it from this number to that number and you're set. And, but, you know, go support the developer. You could go and buy it. They have a plugin that you could buy for $70, which, you know, um, you support the developer. We should be supporting our developers. If you're going to be using this every single day for clients and all that, go and buy it. But if you're just one guy, you know, just change the, you can change the code if you want to. It's GPL, right? It's GPL. Nope. Finds out, let's see, a week and a half ago, I get an email from YouTube saying, you got a community guideline strike. You can no longer live stream for three months. You violated community guidelines. And this is the video. And it was that video. And so what did I do? I'm a, I'm a reactor. I react. And so what did I do? I did a Facebook live to my Facebook group, which has about 5,000 people in it. And I'm like, I cannot believe this happened. I know it was this developer. I know it was them that sent a notice. They complained to YouTube, and now I can't go live on YouTube any longer. What ended up, and I know it was him. I'm convinced of it. What ended up happening was people went to the, the WordPress.org page and started leaving bad reviews. And that's when I realized I got to be a little bit more careful. Um, people were pumping in bad reviews. They all got censored on WordPress.org because they don't let the truth go through. Um, They're all censored. And the developer reached out to me like within two hours. Uh, I know he did it. So he basically said he didn't do it. And then later, after I took a step of good faith and I took the video down, later he said, oh, we do have a process of sending out DMCA requests. Uh, which basically, you know, here it is, GPL software, and they'll send, they're sending out DMCA requests if someone exercises their rights with the GPL. And so I know I just opened up a massive can of worms um, in this podcast. Fantastic. That's why you're all here. That's glorious. (laughs) I opened up a massive can of worms with the video, but when, but that video got me to real, I put that video out and it really got me realizing I I have to be careful. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to, I genuinely don't want to harm people. I was very harmed. I can't live stream to YouTube right now. I have a community guideline strike. It's not a good thing. I've appealed it, but you can't appeal it and have them restore it within a week. It takes them like a month. So you're halfway through the penalization um, and it affects me negatively big time because I'm a big live streamer these days. I can't go live on YouTube because of what I believe this person did. I'd like to hear Morton's opinions on that a little bit. I know I've taken this discussion off the si- the sideway. I, I, I think it's fantastic, but I just want to ask you a quick question. Did the developer in question, did they make any attempt to contact you to have any kind of one-to-one discussion with you before all this escalated? No, and I did not reach out to the developer no, when think. it happened. He yeah. reached out to me because of all of these bad reviews that ended up getting censored and deleted. No, I, mean, I mean, before, you know, when you mentioned to change the code, before you got censored by YouTube. Um, no. Right, if, right. Honestly, I'll tell you, honestly, if you'd reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we really appreciate it if you um, – you're allowed to do this, but we'd appreciate it if you didn't do it. 
I probably would have made the video unlisted and then remade the video without it. Cause I'm a nice guy. I mean, I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to harm anybody. I understand. Um, but you know, there's just some shady things that this developer does like in the plugin, he doesn't say in the listing page, this is limited to 500 megabytes. So people get all excited and they download it. And if you look at his bad reviews, it's people complaining that he didn't say that up front. And then it's like 70 bucks for this. And, and, and people keep saying, this is how you do it. You can go on the internet and find a, a dozen articles on how to do this. It's not like you're hacking anything. You're changing one little number and one little, uh, a file. Um, he, his, argument is, oh, you have to do it via our paid plugin because if you don't do it and you just change the line of code, hosting providers are going to, uh, it won't work on these hosts and all that. It's just a baloney story, right? Um, you know, I'd respect it more if he just said, yeah, we're just trying to eat over here. You know what I mean? We're just trying to eat. But he knows I, I, I that think, um, he gets... Yeah, I just wanted to ring because um, before I'm going to send it over to Morton in a second, but there's, there's a bigger thing is that I deal with this with a lot of clients we support and I deal with it myself. A lot of plugins, free plugins, and they're so freaking crippled that you can't freaking use them to do anything. And then, and then you find that it, it, it's just a promotion to go to a premier plugin, which I've no, it And I thought to myself, you just wasted my freaking time. You know, Especially you when you don't disclose it up front. <laughs> no, and here's the... Yeah, go on. Go on then. Sorry. Here's the biggest thing that irritated me about this situation. Here's a guy that put this plugin out and is making... Like, doesn't have to do any marketing because the directory markets it for him. You type backup in or, or migration and there's his plugin immediately. So there's this massive benefit, free benefit from being agreeing to be GPL licensed and putting it in the directory, you get this massive, massive, massive benefit. And then you go do some shenanigans like this, like sending out DMCA requests. I mean, what's up with that? So, Walton, what do you think? I don't know. There's a lot of things in there. <laughs> uh, it was either you or our I, CEO, okay, so, Chris, who would, you know, calm the waters. Uh, I was tempted which one to send it to, but I thought I, I'd I'm, you. I'm very curious uh, as to how a DMCA request would result in, like a DMCA request for this would actually go through. So I have a feeling that it wasn't, that's not what they sent in because that's like, you know, copyright infringement, which is what you're doing is not copyright infringement in any interpretation of it. Um, so I'm just curious what kind of complaint they sent in. Unfortunately, because of how YouTube works, you will never know. That's enough to <clears throat> go down on its own, isn't it? Yeah, it, no, it, I, I'm not touching that because it's no. way too deep. But like YouTube's YouTube's moderation system is absurd. I mean, they don't censor Nazis, but they censor this. So great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I think this this goes to the heart of like if talk about the specific story, not the influencer component of it. This goes to the heart of I think the biggest problem in the WordPress uh, commercial ecosystem, which is uh, WordPress developers try to sell free things um, and try to devise methods for selling free things. Uh, it's it's kind of like dancing, right? Anyone can if you go 
to a place and watch people dance. You can watch what they're doing and then you can try to do it yourself. And if you do it enough times, you'll end up learning how to dance. Um, and then a bunch of uh, dancers will then try to literally copyright their dances in an effort to prevent other people from dancing the same things, which you can do in a, if I see someone dancing and I do the exact same thing and I record it and try to sell a recording of it, then I can get in trouble. But if I see someone dancing and I do the same thing on a dance floor somewhere and someone randomly records it and I have no control over it, they can't go after me for it because dancing is open source, right? Um, so uh, I think this, this belies a larger problem in the WordPress community, which is we need to rethink how we make money out of code. Selling plugins or selling like releasing a free plugin and then having like the premium version of it doesn't actually make any sense because anyone can take the paid plugin and just redistribute it and, and you can't do anything about that. It's frowned upon, but it's not illegal. Um, more importantly, anyone can take a paid plugin, re, like rebuild it into something else and release it. And, and then you really have no recourse. So what I tell people when they try to figure out how to make money in this community is you're not selling software, you're selling your skills. So if you want to, like, if you want to charge money for something, you have to charge money for service, like uh, Gravity Forms. You don't pay for Gravity Forms. You pay for access to their amazing support, right? You buy a Gravity Forms license and you come up with some ridiculous thing. You just say, hey, how do I do this? And they'll just give you the code right away. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for their time, not for the actual software itself. Um, as to the influencer thing, I think Adam has experienced what I've experienced a couple of times too, which is all of a sudden what you say is heard by a lot of people. Um, and you have to be really careful about what you say. Um, what, I've, what I've learned over the past year is I have to think very carefully about who I retweet. Not because I retweet people who have controversial opinions, but because sometimes if I retweet something, it reaches a large audience and the person I retweeted may not be aware, uh, prepared to answer the people that come back from it, right? So it's like if you amplify a message and then all of a sudden, the person who sent out that message gets inundated. It's actually you who did it, not, right? And it, it, so, so you have to kind of think twice, like, is this, is this person ready for the kind of attention they may get, right? Now, uh, the, I, I read part of that article you sent, and I, I think it's a bit of, a bit of uh, I don't even know what the word for this is, but like the article says, Influencers have no value, yet marketing companies spend millions on influencers, right? And, and influencers have enormous value because I know people who are actual like Instagram influencers or whatever, and it's crazy. They put on a pair of pants and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh my God, I must buy these pants right now, we're jamming them, right? So it totally works. The problem with it is it's very um, um, nefarious and not a, he a healthy way of communicating with people. And a lot of the people that have these influencer status has, have an influencer status, have zero ethics and they don't even understand what they're doing. So uh, that's why the um, uh, Federal Trade Commission is now cracking down on influencers on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and saying, if you get something for free or you get paid to say something, you have to explicitly state that. Otherwise, we'll fine you like $15,000 for every single post you make. Um, it's why uh, other go governments like the government in Canada is now imposing massive, massive, really significant repercussions on people who do stuff like that. Um, and it's because 
no journalists would ever post the kind of content influencers post because they're not allowed to. It's actually illegal to do that because it's not, it's not mm-hmm. transparent. You can't, like the reason why car companies now give bloggers test cars instead of giving the test cars to auto journalists is because a blogger will just say, I got this amazing car. It's so awesome. I'm going to go driving. Oh, look at this car. And I'll post like 18 hours of video of me driving around in it. And the auto journalist is like, this might be the worst car ever built. Also, it's a death trap and it'll decapitate you if you crash. And the bloggers are like, screw you. It was free. Well, that does depend on how much advertising they're getting from that particular manufacturer. That's what Apple does now. They, they, they don't send it to the journalists anymore. Mm-hmm. They send it to all the YouTubers, all the top YouTubers in the review space, and they're massive and have massive audiences. They send them all the free releases. <laughs> I I in to, two, in 2005, to, it was the mommy bloggers. Yeah. Oh, you know, and that's is. when that's when the FTC made that rule yeah, about, about, you know, you have to disclose stuff. Yeah. And now yeah. it's the dad bloggers and the music bloggers and the auto bloggers and all this stuff. And you talk to younger people today and many of them will tell you one of their goals in life is to be an influencer because they think that that is like this glorious yeah. I just want to I just want to pause a couple quick comments about what you've just said Maul, and then I want to throw it over to Chris right and then after Chris we're going to go for our break there's just two things because obviously there's been two parts of this conversation there's the whole thing about free plugin and premier plugin and how I, I don't take, I don't agree with what you said there, Morton. Um, I actually, but I do agree with part of it. I, I think it's not black and white. There is a legitimate place where you offer a free plugin and then a premier plugin, um, and there there is a level of functionality which the free thing, and then a, a level of functionality that you can offer on the premier but it should be very clear what you're going to get for the free and what you're going to get with the premier, right? Yeah, you can sell water if you want to. That doesn't mean people you know, can't go and get water elsewhere. That's oh, yeah, and, it, and <laughs> it's also really um, not known to the general public that it's under a license that allows people to totally take that plug-in and use it and change it. And if you're in that, in that WordPress playground you just got to accept it you just got to suck it up um to some extent and then you got the thing you got the, the original about influencers and and then you mentioned which i agree which i i agree with you i think what's happened in canada and what's going to happen here uh, increasingly the um authorities are going to get heavy on this and I don't, and um, I'm not a libertarian or one of these people that's, that says just leave it to the free market. But I actually totally disagree with that because I think if people are so frigging dumb to buy something because of some frigging blogger says, I've just bought something and that, um, they, they're just stupid fuckers, basically. And they, you know, they, they deserve what they get. You, you know, are wearing it's you are wearing a sweater that you paid for that has an advertising for the company that made the sweater. Because yeah, I'm a dumb fucker. <laughs> <laughs> this is you're literally describing how human beings work. Like human beings see what other people do and then they do the same. Because some dumbass 
blogger wore one though. Because <laughs> actually, he might, he, even though it's made from child labour in Vietnam, I actually think the company makes decent stuff. So, but maybe I'm, I'm such a dozy idiot, but you know. Yes, well, my my, my husband bought a, a MacBook Retina back in the day because you know Matt Mullenweg had it on stage. Oh God! Oh, Jesus. I can, all right, listen, let's, let's throw it over. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested where he takes this before we go for a break. Chris, which area of this conversation, or both areas, do you want to cover? Well, first of all, that's a tough act to follow. So, uh, <laughs> um, I would say one of the things about. Uh, we were saying it's human nature, this whole influence thing. Um, there's a popular book in sales called uh, Influence by Robert Cialdini, who like studied cults and things and how influence happens with urgency, scarcity, likability, and all these different things. But I think it's, it's kind of like a magic trick to want to be an influencer when you grow up or think of uh, influencing as a strategy. What actually happens is it's a result of other things like developing relationships, getting results for people, yeah. leadership, making content, uh, making lots of good content that helps people like Adam does with his videos. And that's, and he cares about his audience and you, you, you have to be careful. Like sometimes your stage is big, bigger than you realize, but, uh, and, and like Adam, he's, he's, he, he tells it like he sees it. He's on, he's honest. Like if he's, he's just trying to help the people, and he has an opinion on tools and, you know, features and stuff. You can always count on Adam to, you know, operate and tell it like he sees it, which is good. But the problem is, like we've discussed on this, this is that some influencers will do anything for money. And it, it can become a grossly perverted, um, you know, shill function in society, uh, which can happen. So it can get, it, it's just something that has to be approached with, with ethics. But at the end of the day, I'm really happy that we live in a world of influencers or whatever you want to call it, where advertising and this kind of power is democratized among the people, as opposed to just like major corporate brands buying commercials on three television stations like it used to be in the 50s or whatever. I like that. I like how anybody can kind of develop that advertising power and that the companies, like the car company example, people are going. You know, they're going content creators and influencers, not necessarily trade magazines. I find that very interesting. But um, yeah, at, at the end of the day, I, I think it is a good thing. And I think that particular article we're drawing from, which happens a lot on this show, uh, a headline was chosen to get clicks. So taking a controversial stand on a topic is where a lot of these headlines come. But the deeper uh, nuance of the conversation is much more, um, you know, nuanced and there's various sides to the debate like we're having right here. So that's my comments. On that particular, it's just, I just think, you know, adults, for God's sake, you're an adult. Freaking wake up, will you? you know? No, 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 no. You're literally being manipulated by all these systems. We've, we've spent the last 50 years understanding how people can be manipulated through different psychological strategies. Well, that means you've got to babysit all, all these that people. shit. No. You kind of cram ideas into your head. I mean, 
you, the microphone you're using, the stand that you're using, all that stuff that's in the room behind you, maybe except for the blinds, are completely unnecessary. You don't actually need any of that stuff to make a podcast, yet you bought those pieces of equipment because other podcasters keep marketing that same stuff. They put them in their videos. Everyone has that like the arm thing that they use for radios that used to be impossible to get is now marketed as a podcaster microphone. All this stuff is specifically designed to target you as a person. And you are influenced by it, whether you like it or not. The problem is when the people who are influencing are not aware that they are using uh, nefarious social psychological strategies to convince people to do things or when they're not aware of what they are actually advertising and whether that stuff actually is good, right? So when a blogger gets a car, they don't have the skills unless they are an advanced car blogger to actually tell I you. I really don't follow you this, Morton. I don't really agree with you, but I really think you've got, you, you're talking a load of crap here. Uh, um, basically, <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the best episode in a long time. I <laughs> see blogger ranting on about, you know, he's got some Mercedes for the week. Really can he influence me? To buy a Mercedes? I yes. Don't think, I don't think so. Because a blogger got that arm that you I have. Do the opposite. It's <laughs> a load of crap. <laughs> it's know. not. I mean, go read any book about this. <laughs> go read any research about this. Is Apple, Apple wants something? <laughs> uh, oh, I think we better go for our break and then uh, quickly finish off the other two stories I've got here. Right, let's. But before I go for my break, let's go to my sponsor. And my sponsor is Intelligence WP. What is Intelligence WP? It's, it's a system to help help you manipulate people better. <laughs> no, no. Don't be nice to my sponsors. They managed to keep... No, they're, they're, they're lovely, but that is exactly why we, we look at our analytics. Yep, exactly. There we go. And um, as Sally you said, it helps you with your, that that painful process of Google Analytics, and it puts it on steroids, and you get lovely um, um, panes in your WordPress panel with all different figures. And um, if you're really into Google Analytics, it puts it really onto steroids. And they're very, very helpful people. And it's a non-crippled free plugin. They've got service packs where they include training and one-to-one training, which you can buy as extra, but the actual plugin does do what it says in the box. So that that's a bit of a difference in its own right. But So if you're interested, you'll find links in the show notes on the WP Tonic or go to their website, intelligencewp.com. And we're going for our break, folks, and we'll be coming back in a minute. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back to say we've had an interesting. I love these Friday shows. I really do. Oh my God. Uh, um, 
to say we've had an interesting discussion is an understatement. Um, let's go on to the next story. Um, oh, oh, I don't know. It's a bit boring, really, after what we've discussed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect... Oh, I'm not sure if we should do... No, go, to, go to Brian Jackson's. Oh, well, let's go to Brian. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about Brian. Yeah, because we're going to run out of time, aren't we? Yeah. Um, Apologies. So we go to the next one, and that's how to diagnose declining ranking. Craziest CEO issue we've seen. And that's from um, somebody that I wish would come on more regularly, but he's really, really busy. But he does come on occasionally, and that's Brian Jackson from another sponsor of the show. But I didn't choose it that. Honestly, I chose it because um, Brian Jackson just writes some fantastic posts. He really does. And I just thought this was a crack. And do you want to start off with it, John, and just give us synopsis, a quick synopsis about it? Yeah, I do. And it, definitely, for those who don't know, like Brian Jackson, he writes for Kinsta. He, him and his uh, brother, they, they have a plug-in they market too. He's a brilliant SEO. Um, he knows his stuff. So... Anyway, he does he does marketing for uh, Kinsta, and what they had happen very recently is they uh, they had a sudden drop off around the end of January, uh, where some of their results just started dipping, and um, when they they went through, they checked a bunch of stuff. They uh, checked the the keyword rankings on uh, the different posts and. What they found is some of these keywords, some of these um, pages were, were not in, they were indexing the URLs. The, the pages were getting, they were getting crawled in Google, they were getting indexed in Google, but they just weren't ranking. And it turns out that they had manual penalties. Uh, and that's when the Google team, they actually will put something on your site. It's, it's not the algorithm like they actually... Uh, do it behind the scenes themselves. And what they had was <coughs> they had um, they had pages on their site that they had removed. But for for whatever reason, like it, it was showing up as uh, like hacked or like a spam uh, page, or they were like they were subdomains. There were subdomains on the actual um, domain of Kinsta. So what Google does sometimes is they'll, they, any URL, any web address that they come across, uh, they'll, when they crawl it and index it, it goes into their database and they will come back sometimes months or even years later and try and like crawl those domains again. They'll try and crawl those URLs again. So basically what was happening is they were getting like a 500 like error, like server error uh, as if the, for whatever reason, like they weren't, you know, seeing like it would, there is no domain there anymore. And I don't know if they had redirects in place or, or anything like that. I really don't know. But what happened is, is they, they had to file like a reconsideration request that, that no, our site's not hacked. No, like this isn't spam or anything like that. And they got rejected the first time. Um, and so basically they had to come back like a, a while later. And they, when they wrote like a more detailed response, then they were, those, um, their site was like reconsidered. 
these keywords and these URLs were, were and they reached out to a lot of people um, that actually I follow on, on Twitter too. I know every single person on this list, um, but some of the, the top people who have been doing SEO for like a long time and would have knowledge of this. And some of them got back to him, Cyrus Shepard, um, Glenn Gabe, AJ uh, Gergich. Um, but basically they had to write a really detailed reconsideration request. Uh, this is like a reason why it's really, really good to always be checking out whatever sites you're managing in Google search console. Uh, because like if you get a manual penalty, which is, it's pretty rare, but I mean, if you, if you're doing shady stuff or this one was just random, they obviously weren't doing anything shady, but no, yeah. I, I just don't yeah. think Brian would um, no. be sensible when he doesn't need to do any of that no, kind no, of no, crap no. stuff. But also, doesn't that bring up not just if you're doing something shitty and you're not, you're probably not, but what if a competitor is doing negative SEO and they're doing something shady, like putting spammy bank links to your website in order yeah. to force a man, which happens. Yeah, that, that can happen. In fact, I mean, do you remember like the, um, do you remember the WP Bacon show? like a few years back, they actually got spammed by somebody who came into the uh, community and, and was jealous of their success or their notoriety. And they built like a bunch of spammy backlinks. Uh, this is, this is a person who got slapped on the wrist like later by Matt. Um, so it's, yeah. And um, I would have loved Brian to yeah. have been able to come on the show, but yeah, when I was reading this article and it's quite detailed, um, is that I felt that they had been black hacked. You know, I think black SEO had been used against them. But he doesn't say any, doesn't give any hint. And um, this is just totally my opinion. To me, it, they had somebody who had been doing building links. But on the other hand, I think Brian would have mentioned it if, it, if that had been the case. Because I think Brian is like some of the other panel members. You know, he, he says it as it is, basically. He's not shy to, um, but he, he is in his position as being a key member of the Kingston team as well. I'll, but, I'll just, I'll, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'll no, just say this. No, I'll say this really quickly. There's a lot of people who like to cut me off. Just. Oh, there you go. Um, in the black hat world, like a SEO, like it does get super hyper competitive. And I have seen like cases where people rank really high for whatever, you know, SEO in whatever city and people will build like links toward them from like, you know, porn sites and linking them with all kinds of anchor text, like just nasty, nasty stuff to try and knock them back. Uh, but a lot of times Google either disregards that or those links can actually end up like helping a site. Mm -hmm. um, there's ways to like negatively affect people and their there's all kinds of like spammy tricks uh, basically uh, to, to try and knock them back. But a lot of time, you know, that, that doesn't really do anything terrible to them long term. It can actually like help them. Um, yeah. in a lot I, I, I've got a bigger, I've got a slightly bigger question that, that I'm going to throw to Bolton. Uh, um, my question here is, Morton, and we touched it a bit with YouTube here. We've got a private company that is acting almost like a government entity that can affect you, your company, your pay, you know, your family, your income, you know, that has 
just does things, you know, doesn't even send an email saying, we we see a problem with your website and if you don't um if you don't attempt to work with us we, we then will be forced into this action it just suspends people suspends their website and it's up to you to clear your name do you do you think this can continue Morton, like this and your whether it can continue, of course it can. Who's going to stop it? Like it's a private company; they can do whatever the hell they yeah, want. Yeah, that's the whole point. And it only it only stops stops happening if either people stop using the service or if some government somehow manages to impose on them some sort of restriction that prevents it, which isn't going to happen. So uh, I think, well, flip it a different way. The it's interesting to see how these companies are responding to things that are only peripherally relevant uh, here uh, in terms of like YouTube is now has gotten gone as far as they're starting to tag controversial videos with uh, Wikipedia article links to the con to, you know, fact checking. So the people who say that the sun has moved or that the North pole has moved and stuff like that, they they're like, here's, here's a Wikipedia article telling you that that is not the case. And you know, how compasses work and stuff like that. But um, they're they're not going to change anything because they benefit. Like their entire business model is just around getting as many people as possible to click on as many ads as possible as much as possible all the time and never leave the site. Right. Um, I found this article particularly interesting for the reason that you mentioned that there is no explanation of what actually happened, uh, and it it uncovers an underlying problem with these services, which is decisions are made and they're very hard to understand. There's also this, uh, Google especially tends to draw a very hard line and then be like, <laughs> you cross the line, the end, no argument. Like I, I had a client once who for some reason decided that she was going to click on some of her own ads just to see what happened. And she did it like four or five times total. And she got banned for life from AdSense, right? Um, and then I'm like, <laughs> you are kidding, aren't you? And I'm like, no, no, it's true. It's it, that happens if you if you put ads on your site and then you click on them, right? So not your own ads, but like you you put AdSense on your site and you click on your own ads. Google can tell right away that you're doing that, and then they're like, okay, so you're trying to you know scam us for money. So the end, and that is a non-negotiable, absolute final. You can never this site can never have ads ever again. I don't know if it's applied to the person or to the site, but it's definitely the domain. So it's a complicated uh, issue. The ranking system Google has is completely tr non-transparent. It changes constantly. And the way they censor content is becoming very, very hard to understand. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are just gaming the system or spending all their time trying to figure out how to you know, hurt other companies through the system. And it's easy to game um, algorithms. And, you know, a lot of these things are just algorithms. It gets confusing when it comes down to a human being looking at it, though, because I don't understand this stuff. Like how, that's, that's why this story is interesting. And I wish there was a way of going to Google and asking them. Maybe we should, maybe they should like send a question to reply all and have uh, the hosts there spend like eight months trying to get a hold of someone at Google to get an answer for what happened. Oh, that's never going to happen. Because in the end, 
Google's never going to answer this question. They're just going to be like, yes, no. Eh, well, that's the on. point. I think I wouldn't want some government regulation, but you could pass a law saying when you do something that can directly damage, you got to provide some method. <laughs> you don't want government regulation, but you want a law. That's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same exact thing. <coughs> yes. So, so, so to take to take that route, I mean, the, there needs to be some sort of higher level of uh, of oversight in terms of decisions made by companies that have direct impact on humans or their businesses or their lives in general. Currently, there is almost nothing. This is partly what the GDRP in Europe is trying to deal with. That when a company does something that ends up having either actually harming or has potential harm to the end user, they need to be um, transparent about it and they need to enable the end user to get remedies if something does go wrong, right? This, this goes through the entire internet. Everything from if a service gets hacked and they leak your information to if a service makes some arbitrary decision that ends up hurting your business in some way or misindexes your content or whatever. There's currently no responsibility held by the government, no, by the company, which in every other industry there is. Like if someone steals your credit card number through hacking a database, your bank is responsible for fixing that problem, not you. But if someone steals access to your database through hacking an insecure server, then the server host will be like, not my problem. You need to fix this on your own. So, you know, there's a responsibility issue mixed into this. And on the end of that chain, we have, you know, what, how is Google misranking content and how are they penalizing that, you know, on the spectrum of horrible things that happen on the internet, that's a very, very, very low priority compared to, you know, people's lives actually being ruined by some hack of some Equifax site or whatever. Yeah, thank you. For, it's, just, it's just like, it, when, when I was reading it, it's, it just reminded me of a Kafka play. You know, it's like, it's pure Kafkaism, you know, uh, um, that you got this, um, yeah, maybe, what do you reckon, Chris? Do you think uh, I'm just going on a rant or do you, you know, the article was interesting, but the main thing you wanted to know what was causing it and it was not made clear, was it? Um, well, I think one of the interesting things here is Google search is a free service. And we were talking a little bit about free and paid. So there's these businesses that are dramatically impacted by a free service. I mean, Google's in the business of making money and, you know, there's kind of, they actually do it through, through the ads or whatever, through different ways. <clears throat> but uh, if we go back to our conversation around what you're actually paying for is support, but Google fr free search has literally no support. It's kind of complicated, like to even wrap your head around as a business owner or basic internet user. Um, so that's all. And I, I also just wanted to add. I was hoping maybe John could speak to uh, for the listener if somebody wants to find out more about what's going on with their site. Like, how do they do that? Like in terms of oh. uh, the console or other tools. Actually, I'm going to take that from John because I'm going to fill add in. A question for John with that. I was just wanted to wrap kind of this conversation up for everybody else that, you know, we, we know we need to add Google Analytics so we could see what visitors are on our website, but we 
sometimes forget. You also, what is more important is Google Webmaster Tools. You have to have that. That's how Google knows you're the site owner and they could send you messages. So if there's any indexing problems with your website, you're going to get an email from Google via Google Webmasters Tools. There's a little message box. So if they're getting a lot of 404s on your page and that lets you know that there's a problem someplace, if you're linked into Google Webmaster Tools, which is the search console and all that, you get all of it in the same package, that's how they message you and notify you of these errors. I know because I've received it. You need to, it's like, I liken it to the United States IRS system. If they don't have an address for you and can't communicate when they see a problem with you and then you're not aware of it, you are going to get, it's just bad. It's just really, really bad. So you got to have that. But John, my question is, and I didn't read it in the article, would a situation like this, a manual action be communicated to you after the action is taken through Google Webmaster Tools? Off to John. Yeah, usually they would send you a message um, in Search Console. Uh, like I said, I've got a, uh, in my Search Console, I've got like a variety of sites. I've got like 59 messages here. Um, yeah, usually like anything happens with your site, they'll message you, they'll email you. Um, but it's a good thing to connect not only Google Analytics, but Google Search Console, formerly Webmaster tools and you know just be checking in on that like uh, you know on a regular basis just to you know see what's going on because it'll tell you things like whether you get in a manual penalty which is rare uh, but it'll tell you things like you know if you have crawl errors which are 404s usually or server errors um, or you know anything else it'll tell you you know who's linking to your site um, you know in all the different things you know how many times they're how long it's taking to crawl your site, different things. It'll give you suggestions, um, such as whether you have duplicate titles or duplicate uh, meta descriptions, things like that. They, they are trying to like help you serve up better uh, search results to their users as well. So it's definitely uh, something you want to add to a site that you're launching. So, Can I interject one thing? Yeah, just, go ahead. We all need to get rid of the notion that Google is a free service. Yeah. We all pay for it through constant exposure to their algorithm and to their advertising. I mean, there, there is no free in any of that. It appears to be free in the same way that your over-the-air cable appears to be free. But you are being, the entire system is designed to manipulate you just to tie it back to our previous conversation. If you are not, the, if you are not the customer, you are the product. Yeah. If you, if you want to go to something that is more free and less prone to design, just being designed around advertising, you can use DuckDuckGo or something like that. But even there you have issues around algorithms. So don't, don't for a second think that any of the stuff you're using on the web that doesn't, that you're not paying actively for is free. You are paying for it just in ways that you don't see. And one, uh, one final tip I just wanted to add for the website owner, online business owner out there. Uh, it's really important to be diversified. Google search or SEO is very important, but having traffic coming from your email list, your social profiles, affiliates, other strategies are very important just to be well-rounded. So if something does go bad in one of those areas, 
you don't have a single point of failure. Yeah, but I think the the thing, and like I say, the only way we're going to clarify this, and I'll do outreach to Brian and see if he'll come on the show next week if he can, is it wasn't, that was another area that wasn't clarified, and I did read it twice, was that there didn't seem to be any any sign in the post that they that through Google Console that they'd been told that a manual penalty had been imposed on upon their on their site, which was very strange to me um, because the, I haven't got John's knowledge, but I do deal with a couple of sites and I'm in there and I know exactly and like what Adam said, they send you these um, through. Google Console, and when you see one, you really, you really like what Adam said. You need to do something about it, uh, because they're not messing around. Um, so that was a puzzle. So there was a couple of puzzles, but um, it was a very detailed article, and it was from somebody that I really respect when it comes to SEO, like John, that really knows what they're really, really talking about. I think I'm going to wrap up the show because this this will go over our. It's already gone slightly over an hour, so I think it's time to wrap it up. Sally, how can people find out more about you? You can find me on WPFangirl.com. You can find the meetup at EastBayWP.com. I am at Sally Getch on Twitter, and if you can spell my name, you will find me. I am unique in Google. And John, how can people find out more about you and your services? Uh, you can find me at my website, which is LockdownDesign.com, um, Lockdown underscore on Twitter. And Morton, how do people find out more about you and what you're saying and your thoughts? You can find all my bad ideas and wrong opinions uh, by following me on the Twitter at Morton, that's M-O-R-10, the number 10, one, zero. Again, that is Morton, not more, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Filipino I don't radio station there's a Filipino radio station that has to handle MOR 1019 and I get of their tweets like holy crap I get so many song requests <laughs> <laughs> because people forget the 19 at the end for some reason so I just oh, get inundated nice. with song if you have song requests for a Filipino radio station or want to talk to me about like ethics on the web or anything like that, you can find me on Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn and you can watch my courses on LinkedIn Learning. That's it. It could be a lot more worse than a Filipino radio station, could it? Yeah, you want to be blessed. Um, I don't know if Chris has got the same problem. Um, how, can be, how can people find out more about you, Chris? You can find me on lifterlms.com. And in the spirit of SEO and of this episode, uh, I'd also like to throw out there, you can find me in our Facebook group for course creators and membership site builders. A couple of years ago, I renamed the name of the group to take advantage of SEO. Uh, uh, word phrases that so the name of the group is actually online course creators, membership site owners, and lifter LMS VIPs. So that's a great, oh, that great way to connect. Rolls off the top, doesn't it, Chris? <laughs> it's keyword. It's keyword rich. <laughs> Just rolls off your top, doesn't it? Um, I'm sorry. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a strange mood today. Uh, Rob, Adam, uh, Rob, how can people find out more about you? 
you can check out my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash WP Crafter. There won't be any live streams there for another, uh, uh, what, uh, seven weeks or so, eight weeks. Um, but uh, I will get my live videos going back up very soon. Or just go to WPCrafter.com. We also have a very awesome, in the spirit of everything we're talking about, trying to spread it all out, a very awesome and very active YouTube, uh, sorry, Facebook group. You can just Google, uh, or go, <laughs> see, we're just taught to Google. Just Google. No, go to Facebook and search WP Crafter. And you'll see the WP Crafter Facebook group. There's about 5,000 people, active discussions like the one today going on in there. I wondered why you've been uh, doing a lot of Facebook um, live video recently. <laughs> Is that the reason? Exactly. It's my only option. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, and if you want to find out more about WP Tonic, go to the WP Tonic website. There'll be a set of show notes that's prepared by my co-host, Kim, on this show. We've got a load of articles on there about learning management systems and about dealing with your WordPress sites being hacked. We've been rampant with the content we've produced last month. And it, all the poison email remarks that's going to come my way because of this episode, I'm up for it, folks. <laughs> so, I'm used to it. You'd be amazed the stuff that's sent to me. Uh, um, and it, it will be dealt in my normal English sarcastic manner. Uh, um, so if you're up for it, just send it. I'm, I've got broad shoulders, folks. And we'll see you next week. Bye, folks. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.